Thank you, Ajit, for uh, reading to us from God's Word. It's a joy to be together with you here and worship the Lord and also to study from God's Word. Um, in a church, not in CBF, in a church, there was a woman who was very surprised when she walked in and another lady who uh, never got along well with her and who would snub her often and be a little rude to her. She came and gave her a nice warm hug. So she was very surprised. But by the end of the service, she understood because at the end of the sermon, pastor said that uh, uh, your assignment for this week is the same as the last week. Please find somebody you detest and go and give them a warm hug. You know, if, uh, uh, if expressing love I see some people giving hugs at the last row. <laughs> if, if expressing love was as easy as just giving a hug and moving on, you know, it would be so easy. But we all know that there is much beyond. There's a lot uh, more. You know, our conscience tells us that there is a lot more. But even beyond what our conscience tells, there is a greater standard that the Bible reveals about love. And it's way beyond uh, Emojis, hugs, and just mere words, or even uh, emotions. You know, the, the kind of uh, love that the Bible talks about is way beyond, and we'll dwell some on that. But love as a, as a word is one of the most used and yet one of the most misused words in any language, in any culture. You know, we talk about uh, or, or we use that same word for our love for burgers, right? And maybe for some of us, for a certain kind of burgers. Um, and we, we use the same word for our love for a football club, for maybe uh, a movie star or a music uh, uh, star. And we'll use that same word even, you know, we might have said it ourselves or we might have heard it from others about falling in love with someone. And then, you know, we hear about, uh, uh, you know, that turning into a love marriage. And then some of us, you know, uh, would have sadly also had friends who in a very short period of time after that kind of an experience end up saying that I'm not in love anymore or we are not in love anymore. And the same word we also see being used for uh, people like Mother Teresa or for people like Paul Brand, who had a lifetime of service being given towards loving others and serving others. So that same word is being used for so many different kinds of actions and emotions. And therefore, like I said, it's one of the most used, yet one of the most abused words in any language, in any culture. But it's beautiful to see it's beautiful to see how definitive the Bible is when it speaks about love. Just see in the middle of the passage that Ajit was just reading to us in chapter 4 of 1 John and verse 10. It starts like this. This is love. So the Bible has a lot to say about love and it is definitive. It's not fuzzy. It's not gray. It's very, very clear. Before we get into uh, these two passages, which we just read, um, 
as we go through the whole counsel of god series and as we near its end we are going to be studying from this topic which is written by apostle john and apostle john was actually uh, also called as the apostle of love because for more than 25 times in his letters he mentions the word love now while the epistle if you read uh, through the epistle the author doesn't identify himself but historically right from the beginning of church history church identified this letter as being written by apostle john and apostle john was the last living apostle at this time and the confidence and the authority with which he writes this letter you know the the kind of instruction that he gives it becomes clear that it can only come from an apostle and uh, apostle john uh, was in his 90s when he was uh, writing this letter is what church history tells us he wrote uh, uh, the gospel according to john and then he wrote uh, three epistles uh, three letters and then revelation which we shall study from over the next uh, two weeks as well um and as the last standing apostle his audience was so would have been you can imagine would have been so eagerly waiting to hear what he had to say because here is somebody who has lived walked so closely with the lord jesus christ so every word that he says his audience would hang on to very dearly and in this particular uh, letter he wrote this in the backdrop of influential false teachers who were uh, who were trying to bring in doctrines and teachings which were making people doubt their faith and doubt what they had learned so far so he is in this letter helping his audience to know that their faith was genuine and that they possessed eternal life in Christ Jesus so the primary theme of uh, this letter is christian certainty or assurance of being a child of god we see that in chapter 5 verse 13 uh it says i write these things to you so apostle john is himself declaring the purpose of his writing this letter towards the end of the letter i write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of god so that you may know that you have eternal life so that you may know that you have eternal life so he's saying that everything that i have told you so far i've been telling you so that you have that certainty you have that assurance that you are a child of god now apostle john in his letter he presents five ways in which we can evaluate and we can be certain that we are children of god he first starts with what we believe in right so we can look at what we believe in what is our understanding about god what is your and my understanding about ourselves and our status our sin our character that tells us whether we are truly a child of god so in the first chapter he speaks about jesus christ being god himself and then he speaks about human character as being one which is marred with sin and then he goes on to speak about other tests which is the test of behavior so belief has to translate into behavior and he speaks about obedience towards god love towards others and a lack of love or a distancing from the attractions and the things of the world right so lack of 
uh, love towards the world is not towards the people, but towards the, the ways of working of the world, towards the attractions of the world. So in these five ways, Apostle John is saying that we can evaluate, we can test ourselves and we can be assured. He's telling his audience, you can be assured as you look at these things, if it is matching with God's word, then you can be assured that you are a child of God. So the right understanding about God, the right understanding about ourselves and about our sin, obedience, and then comes the action, obedience towards God, love towards fellow, uh, uh, towards fellow uh, uh, children of God, and a lack of love towards the world or distancing from the things of the world. So belief translating into behavior is a very important aspect, not only of this book, but overall as a theme in the Bible, right? What we think and what we believe in, it's got to be seen in action. So you and I can be assured of the authenticity of our faith. If we are enjoying a deep fellowship with God, which is based on the truth of God's word, if you and I have the right understanding about ourselves, about our sin, about our fallen nature, and we constantly go to God, you know, to seek forgiveness uh, from our sins. And if all of that results in a lifestyle of obedience, of love, uh, and of distancing ourselves from the things of the world, then we can, you and I can know that our faith is genuine and it is authentic, right? So, um, and, and Apostle John does all of this in a very black and white way. You know, he doesn't mix the colors. He keeps it very, very straightforward. Um, as we get into the passage that uh, we just read, he starts this off by, uh, you know, presenting a very strange thing. He says in chapter three, verse 11, he says that this is actually an old message. He's saying that what I'm presenting to you is nothing new, right? He says in verse 11, this is the message you heard from the beginning. Now, from the beginning, when, we, when he's speaking about the topic of love, we know that right, uh, uh, right at the beginning in Deuteronomy itself, as um, uh, the children of Israel were being given uh, the commandments, you know, in the Shema, he said uh, that, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. And then goes on to say that you shall love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. So Apostle John is saying that what I'm telling you is actually nothing new. And he said the same thing when in the, in the beginning of the epistle in chapter two, verse seven and eight, also he had, that's the portion where he introduces this, uh, uh, this topic of love. He says, dear friends, I'm not writing to you a new commandment, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning, right? This old commandment is the message you have heard. In fact, uh, uh, the church uh, father Jerome in his commentary uh, on Galatians, he tells that when St. John became too weak to preach, he often used to say only this much, little children love one another. He used to only say that much, little children love one another. He was too weak to say anything more. Uh, and his hearers became quite uh, wearied of it. And they would say, master, why do you always just say this much? And he used to reply, it is the Lord's command. And if this alone is done, it is enough. So it is an old commandment. But if you go on to verse 8 of chapter 2, he says that there is something new in it. He says, yet I am writing you a new commandment, 
Now that's interesting. He's saying that it's an old commandment, but yet I'm writing to you a new commandment. And what is new about it? Its truth is seen in him and in you. Its truth is seen in him and in you. That's what is new. It's a new standard which is seen in the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, a few verses before he says, whoever, verse 6, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So it's a new standard that Apostle John is presenting to something that the believers had known or the Jewish community had known forever. They had known it since the beginning. But he's saying that it's something new. In the very words of Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ said that, love one another as I have loved you. So there is a new standard to an old commandment. And that's something for you and I to evaluate as well. Right? Uh, because a lot of times we might be sitting and thinking that, oh, you know, what I'm hearing is something that I've heard often. What is new about it? You know, uh, I, I feel like hearing something new and different. But I think when we hear topics which we have heard often, we should think about why is God reminding me this again and again? Is my understanding, is my knowledge, is my belief really translating into action? Am I growing in Christ-like love? You know, to the topic of today, we can think that if this is something that I've known for long, am I really growing in Christ-like love? Is my life day by day transforming? Is what I believe uh, turning into action? Otherwise, like we uh, read in that famous um, uh, chapter on love, which Apostle Paul read, he said that, else you are a resounding gong and a clashing symbol. You know, if our belief is not translating into action. So in the, in the words uh, of the hymn that we just sung, it says, breathe on me, breath of God, right? Which is God's word. Fill me with life anew. Why? That I may love the way you love and do what you would do. Do what you would do. Our understanding, our relationship with the Lord has to translate into action. It has to translate into a day-by-day -day transformation. You know, one step at a time, growing closer to how God wants us to be, loving the way that he loves and doing what he would do. So in this passage, after starting off and saying that, look, I'm not telling you anything new, Apostle John then goes on to speak about what love is not. So he starts with a negative. He says that, let me first tell you what it is not so that you are absolutely clear about that. And he takes the example of Cain, you know, the, the, the first children, Cain and Abel. So Cain killing Abel, you know, a story that uh, most of us would have read, of, uh, read about, or if we haven't, then, you know, please do uh, look at the first book of Genesis. And as you read the narrative about creation and you read about the first family, you will see that right at the beginning itself, you know, this kind of... Uh, uh, a feeling of, uh, of lack of love, which resulted in hatred and ultimately in murder, which is what we see here in summary in verse 15. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. You know, so this uh, Apostle John is saying lack of love is something very serious. If you see that in your own lives, don't take it lightly, he's saying. Many of us might say that, look, you know, 
I don't get along with that person, with that brother, with that sister. You know, we don't see eye to eye. Um, I will never harm that person, you know, with my actions or with my words. But it's just that, you know, I can't, I, I would much rather not be around them. Apostle John is saying that those kind of feelings are not to be taken lightly. Because lack of love translates eventually into hatred, which the Lord Jesus Christ said is equivalent in God's sight to murder, right? And that's what Apostle John again reminds anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, right? So it's, it's something that you and I need to take very seriously. Apostle John also uses the example of Cain to speak about what's the root cause behind all of this. So what is the root cause that he presents? He says that in, in verse 12 of chapter 3, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. So it came, Cain's lack of love or hatred towards his brother came from a place of jealousy. You know, it was evil in his own heart. Now that's something for you and I to evaluate. If Apostle John, when he speaks about the context of lack of love, if he is giving the example of Cain, is that saying something about where we are? A lot of times we feel that our lack of love is coming because of how the other person behaves or how the other person is. Rarely do we actually look at our own selves and start evaluating whether it's actually because of some personal sin in my life. Is it because of some form of jealousy in my own life? And that's what Apostle John is here saying. So it's a very serious warning. He says in verse 12, do not be like Cain. So even if there is one relationship where you see that there is a lack of Christ-like love, you know, in your own lives, as you look, at, look around at, at your circles, people that you are with, especially in the family of God, if you sense that even in one relationship, there is that lack of Christ-like love that you are, you're able to express, then it is so important to repent and to ask the Lord to replace that grudge with his love. You know, otherwise you're on a dangerous path. And that's why this, this uh, warning uh, is a very strong warning that Apostle John is given, giving. Do not be like Cain. So he's saying that don't be a religious hypocrite, right? Cain was doing things on the outside, yet harboring evil uh, on the inside. So he's saying you do not be a religious hypocrite. You first have to fix your relationship with God. Before you are able to fix your relationships with others, it's so important for you to first fix your relationship with God. So don't be a religious hypocrite, you know, not having fixed your relationship with God, but trying to live out a life in front of others, which seems to be uh, religious and good. And the second thing he's saying is that don't ignore the bitterness in your heart. So twofold warnings for you and I to consider, let's not, uh, you know, be, be a religious hypocrite doing things on the outside yet not having a relationship uh, fixed with the Lord and let's not harbor bitterness in our hearts, but rather take it to the Lord. Do not be like Cain, an important warning for all of us. And it's in, it's in a context of, uh, uh, if you look at the previous passage from uh, 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 Verse 10, you know, chapter 3 uh, from the beginning and up till verse 10, uh, he's saying that a child of God does not practice or continue in sin. 
so in that context what apostle john is saying is that an unloving nature is a practice of sin it's a sinful nature that is there in your heart and such a person apostle john says in verse 10 is not a child of god but is a child of the devil because a child begets the nature of the parent you know that's the dna that's there so if there is this kind of a unloving unchrist like nature in you and i then we need to evaluate apostle john is saying he's saying that those kind of people are not children of god are you and i being able to love someone who is unlovable it's easy to love people who love us right and express that kind of love towards us but are you and i being able to love those who might not um uh, express that kind of love towards us uh do you and i struggle to forgive someone who has wronged us if that be the case then i think it's so important in the light of god's word for us to evaluate whether we have truly experienced love and forgiveness from god because only if we have will we be able to love others and forgive others as christ did so love is this righteousness in action it's a, it's a manifestation of a changed life a life that has been changed by god himself apostle john then goes on to speak about what true love looks like and he gives uh, two aspects to that from verse 16 onwards this is how we know what lo- what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers so he presents apostle john presents the standard for love as the lord jesus christ himself and he'll speak more about that later and the word that he uses is a word called agape right which new testament uh, writers filled it with a meaning of of a love feast of godly love right a love that is divine that is sacrificial and as we read uh wherever we read about god's love you know this is the word that the new testament writers used so jesus is the standard you know he laid down his life for us so there's this contrast hatred is taking away taking away life taking away relationships taking away um uh, taking away somebody else's uh, self esteem but love is giving it's giving sacrificially for the other person even to the point of death and most of uh, uh, apostle john's readers and maybe you and i might also think of that kind of love or that kind of an expression that kind of a standard as something that is theoretical that oh i may never you know have to face that situation where i have to give my life for someone so apostle john makes it practical you know he says that that's the standard but okay in your everyday life this is what it should look like verse 17 if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him how can the love of god be in him he's saying that you know this practical everyday love is in meeting the needs of others the material the emotional needs of others and he says that this is the love of god right it's not an ordinary human love that he is speaking about but the love of god himself right so it's not something that um that that you know it just is emotionally that you and i feel but it is something that god places 
in our hearts. And that's why, you know, we are looking at that standard walk as Jesus did. Or in Second uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, also, uh, you know, we are reminded that uh, through these, he has given us his great precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature. So God is expecting us, you know, if you and I are a child of God to have the divine nature to walk as Jesus did, because that's the transformation that God is bringing about in our lives. If, if we are a child of God, that's the kind of nature that we will have as against being a child of the devil and displaying the, the, the nature of the devil. And he goes on to say in verse 18 that this will be, this nature will be seen in action. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and in truth. What we believe in has to be seen in action. So in summary, what, what Apostle uh, John is saying here is that stop talking and start doing. You know, there's a lot that you know. There's a lot that you have heard. All of these things are not new to you, but let it be now seen in your life. Let it be seen in your actions. Let people around you experience that. Then in the next passage uh, that we read, which is uh, chapter 4 and verse 7 onwards, Apostle John then brings and speaks about another aspect of love. Here he is giving reasons why we should love one another. So he starts by saying in verse 7, so first he gives that uh, the call. He says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. So let us love one another or, or in the tense that is used there, let us continue to love one another. Let us, you know, which means that it's got to be intentional. It's not something that might just come naturally, but we got to think about it. We got to evaluate. We got to, we got to take steps towards it and make it intentional. Let us, and it's got to be continuous. Let's make it a continuous habit in our lives, not just a one-off, you know, but let that become the very nature that is seen in our actions. And then he goes on to speak about um, the, uh, the three reasons why we have to, uh, or why we should love one another. The first, that God is the very source of perfect love. In verse seven, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Love comes from God. So godly love is a sign of being born again, of being a child of God. He says in verse uh, seven that this is somebody who knows God. You know, it's not just an awareness of God, but it's an intimate experience. So again, uh, you know, in Greek, there are different words for, for knowing, for knowledge. Uh, the common word is gnosis. But in most of uh, Apostle John's uh, writing here, and he uses the word uh, uh, know or knowing or knowledge often, he uses another form, which is epignosis, and uses different tense forms of that word, which means experiential knowledge, right? Which means knowing through intimate experience. And that's the kind of a tense of that is what he uses here, which is that it's a deep, multifaceted, experiential knowledge of God. You know, walking closely, intimately with God, which then gets displayed in this kind of love outside. So the first reason for love, uh, for perfect love, is 
that god the very source of perfect love lives in us so only if that be true will you be able to love like that um and then in in verse 9 uh, he says the second reason that he god is the very standard of perfect love he says uh, this is how god showed his love among us you know so the so the perfect display or the complete display of perfect love was by god uh, on the cross he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him so the standard of perfect love is also something that god himself has given right and god is expecting us to follow that supreme example of sacrificial love that the lord uh, showed towards us so god is not just uh, saying asking us to do something but it is something that he has shown us as well he is the source and he is also the standard and the greatest expression and then the third reason that apostle john there says is that it's because when we love each other in this godly way god is seen through our love god is made manifested the unseen god is displayed to the world around when people see this kind of godly love so love is at the very heart of our witness uh, to the world uh, he goes on to speak about that from verse 12 onwards no one has ever seen god but if we love one another god lives in us right in our community god lives in us in our fellowship and his love is made complete in us not just as individuals but in our community god is displayed as we love one another with the love that god has uh, shown towards us verse 13 we know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit and then he goes on to speak more about how uh the people outside are able to see uh the saving grace of god as they see the love among us verse 14 and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world our relationship with each other that is supposed to be a reflection to the world of god's love right and people uh, can be drawn towards him the lord jesus christ himself said that if you love me john 13 35 um uh by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another so through our love uh and through our relationship with each other god uh is glorified and he is made manifest uh to a world which cannot see him and to a world which does not know him so it's so important for us to think about how uh or if god is being seen in and through our relationships so in summary what apostle john is saying uh in this portion is that true love flows from god to us his children and from us to others so true and perfect love can only come from god and it can only therefore come to people who are his children because that's god's nature which god is giving in us and from us it can go to others so you might ask then it, it does that mean that no one else is capable of true love are you saying that only uh, you know a christian or a, or a child of god is capable of true love well yes that's what the bible says and 
and then maybe you know there'll be the question that uh, also then what about uh, you know the glimpses of love that we see around us which seem to be so perfect the bible explains to us that that perfection that we see that god has placed or god had created is something that god marred and that got broken by sin and that is that broken image the broken character of god that sometimes flashes through in human lives even now not just about love but whether you take any form of perfect uh, nature that you and i expect in human beings we still see flashes of that but no completeness no perfection we see flashes of 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 humility we see flashes of of service towards others uh, of faithfulness you know of holiness and including even love we see glimpses of those but not a perfect image because that perfect character that god uh, had created you know when he created adam and eve in his own image was marred and broken by sin and it's so beautiful to know that god did not leave it there in fact the end of the bible you know and and we'll we'll get to read that uh, and we'll get to study that over the next uh, uh, two weeks it says that god is making everything new right he's going to restore and he's going to make everything new and in that journey god is actually working in our lives the root the problem of things being marred and like we were studying today of love being marred is sin not just sin outside but if we were to look at our own lives we see that it is sin in our lives you know which is which is breaking that perfect image that god had created and god because of what he did on the cross of calvary and we've been we've been singing about it we've been reading about it uh, and speaking about it all through the uh, past one hour god showed that love on the cross of calvary to be able to take care of the root problem which is the problem of sin in your and my life and then you know not just that very um, uh, that very penalty of sin but he comes into our lives to transform us and change us so that uh, the power of sin you know which which does not allow us to be able to live the kind of perfect lives that god intended us to that power of sin is also something that the lord is removing from our lives you know day to day as we submit to him and then we see that eventually the very presence of sin is something that god will remove entirely right behold i will make everything new um you know as as we sit here and as we uh, think about these things i just uh, like to put some uh, questions that we can evaluate have you really experienced this love of god in your life this forgiveness of god in your life because what apostle john is saying that if you haven't experienced that there is no way that you'll be able to show it to others so the starting point is for for each of us to have experienced the love and forgiveness of god in our lives and not just once but are we experiencing that close relationship and that and and the love of god in our lives on a day to day basis um do we see ourselves as being able to love others with god's love again this is not about you know our own human emotive love but with god's sacrificial love that you know we just read about do, are we able to see ourselves being able to love with that kind of love are we able to see that oh okay there was this there's this brother or there's a sister you know who um with my own ability i would not have been able to 
show love towards them but you know god is doing something in my heart god is changing me and my attitude towards that person it's god and god's love that is working in my life are you being able to see that uh, another question for us to ask ourselves is how is your love being experienced by others in action because apostle john said that not just in words but in action in truth in deed are do you and i within our families in the uh, church do you and i express this love are others able to experience that love and say that yeah that's godly love that i'm being able to experience from this brother or sister another important area of evaluating uh, is there any grudge against a brother or sister that you need to confess or to be freed from apostle john gave, gives a very very strong warning he says do not be like cain do not hold an unloving uh, grudge in your heart because that is a dangerous path uh, if if it is so if you know as you think about this if there is if the lord is convicting you then uh, you and i should go to the lord uh, confess and ask the lord to help us to change that attitude and to change you know our hearts again with god's love not with our own and finally is the world around when they see our relationships in the family within our small cell groups in the larger community of cbf as a church is the world able to see christ reflected a world that does not see christ otherwise through our lives through the way we interact through our um, uh, through our relationships is the world able to see christ um, may the lord help us that as we uh, think about this more and as we discuss it more in our cell groups uh, to be truly able to um to be truly able to take this knowledge and this understanding into action and progressively uh that you know we would uh, we would be transformed and that it would be seen in our relationships with each other um again to those of you who might be uh wondering that uh okay so if if i have not experienced all of this uh then you know how do i start and this is uh, beautiful song that i just wanted to read uh, the lyrics of it's a song called the longing uh it says in each heart there is a longing in each soul a desperate cry to know if life has some true meaning or if we simply live and die earthly pleasures and possessions leave the sinking spirit dry in each heart there is a longing only jesus satisfies and then he uh, the, the writer goes on to ask about questions he says in each life there comes the question is there more than meets the eye and what will we see of the eternal when the well of days run dry so we search with so few finding the difference between truth and lies while in each heart there is a longing only jesus satisfies mystery on a hillside the purest love expressed guilty lips cry forgive me in that moment i found rest in each heart there is a longing only jesus satisfies the 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 perfect uh image of love and and of every uh human behavior that you and i expect right we see it marred and there is a longing of something which is beautiful and which is perfect and the bible reveals that as god himself you know that is the longing which only jesus can satisfy so for those of you who might be new and who might be wondering 
how can i personally experience this kind of perfect love and how can i love others with this perfect love the starting point is to come to the lord jesus christ and experience uh the forgiveness and the goodness and and the love of the lord uh starting at the cross and then uh on a daily basis in your lives and through that you also will be able to have this transformation and love others as well with that perfect love because god is love and he is the source of perfect love shall we just uh, bow down our heads and uh, uh, and commit ourselves before the lord our gracious heavenly father lord we thank you lord that your word presents to us uh, lord the perfect example of every area of character lord that you expect in us and lord we want to thank you lord that lord it is your very character that you expect in us oh lord it's it's not lord we improving ourselves lord it's not we fixing our own lives but it is you transforming us into your children and therefore putting your nature in us your nature of holiness your nature of of humility your nature of of love and heavenly father lord it's our prayer lord that each of us would truly lord walk closely with you lord if if there are any friends here lord who have not uh, who don't know you in a personal individual way oh lord our prayer is that lord you would bring them to that point lord of becoming your children lord of uh, of of experiencing you change their nature their character lord of making of becoming a new creation heavenly father lord for those of us who have that experience we pray oh lord that we will live daily in that light oh lord in that new nature we will feed that new nature oh master and heavenly father lord that it would be just not in words oh lord because lord truly oh lord these are things that we've heard so many times and we know lord but we pray oh lord that you would help us to be people lord who show all of this in action oh master namely father lord, that our love lord for each other would be christ like godly love oh master lord lord not and and many times oh lord we admit lord that we find it difficult oh lord we find it difficult with our own strength oh lord but we pray lord that you working in our lives you changing us lord that you would uh lord show forth that love through us oh lord and we pray oh lord that people around us will be able to see will be able to see how uh lord how lord the nature that we are displaying the behavior that we are displaying is so different from who they actually know us to be oh lord and that they would wonder and they would also be pointed towards the lord jesus christ lord that you would be displayed that you would be made manifest in our relationships in our family oh lord in our cell groups and in the church of master help us oh lord towards this end for we offer this prayer in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen, amen.